Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Clear, hot rod heaven wider. Going to the inside was Snoop Stride, but Covergirl opens up now and beyond the 100 metre marker, she's now racing away and Covergirl is all class. Covergirl wins well, beating Polka Dot Dance. Yes, Covergirl expected to win yesterday. Chris at very short odds and got the, the job done. They went pretty hard in that race early too, didn't they? Good morning. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, no doubt she was impressive. Uh, she was expected to put that opposition away, and she did that, and the time was good. As you said, there was a, a hot tempo early. She relished that, and she was able to uh, cruise down to the line and score well. She's here for the Queensland Oaks, and no doubt she's going to be one of the major players. I think if you're framing a market now, she'd be right at the top of the betting, along with the Moray Vita, the Victorian filly, for Nathan Purden. There's a couple of nice ones from Sydney, also likely to head this way. But uh, good to see her in Brisbane. And uh, she started her campaign with a victory. So that's really pleasing. Her stable mate, come say hi. She went down yesterday, Steve, at short odds. She led, but uh, didn't get a great deal of peace. And uh, she ended up running third. But I'm sure she'll come out of that race well. So a lot to look forward to. As we know, winter has officially arrived, being the first day of winter today. And uh, the, the carnival is just uh, getting closer day by day. So there's a lot to look forward to. We've got the Group 3 Flashing Red taking place this Saturday night. More on that a little bit later. But this morning, first up, joining us is Chantel Turpin and Pete McMullen because I'm certain they've got a big announcement to make and I'm going to put the question to both of them and they join us online now. Guys, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Really well. Is there a big announcement forthcoming? Yes. There certainly is. Can we have it? <laughs> so, um, a rock and roll dance is now coming to Queensland. Okay. So, a rock and roll dance who was a world champion racehorse in North America. He's been serving mares, obviously, under the Alabar umbrella for a number of seasons now. A proven stallion with a, a great record. He's going to be standing in Queensland. Yeah, um, Chantal and myself have been sort of, um, you know, working away in the background for some time now and, and we've sort of um, we've come up with this whole idea and, and with Queensland, the breeding going forward, so we decided I think it's time to, to get a stallion and, and Rock and Roll Dance is, is the one. So, yes, he's, he's coming to stand um, at our place in this coming season. Okay. So, Sean, tell the first question I've got to ask, when did... When did this plan, um, you know, get hatched? And uh, when Pete or, or yourself first started talking about it, what was the reaction between both of you? Um, Pete probably wanted to do it for a, a little while. I was humming and harring. Um, but with the Q-Red system up here, and um, there are probably not many stallions up here standing, um, and this stallion come up, we thought um, it was probably a good opportunity to go with it now. It's a massive undertaking, but one that's proven very successful just south of the border, Cobbety Equine, Luke and Belinda McCarthy, they have that very successful operation combining both aspects of the industry, breeding and racing. So did you look at that and think, we, we can do that here in Queensland as well? Yeah, to some degree. Um, you know, personally, I've been sort of, you know, thinking about this for quite a while and and, and even a number, number of years, realistically, there's... There's no good stallions like superstar size that have stood in Queensland for some time. Um, 
you know, and, and there's no reason why it can't happen. Um, so, you know, for, for years it's been ticking over in my mind. Um, and obviously with the QBRED system the way it is, you know, now it's probably no, hasn't been a better time to do it. So, yeah, think, fingers crossed it, it works out well. It's going to be quite tricky with the big ops training operation as well. But, um, yeah, it's something really to look forward to. Yeah, it's going to be a, uh, a huge undertaking, like I said. The other one that uh, must have been a key factor in the whole decision-making process, Egmont Park, uh, they announced earlier in the year that they weren't going to be standing any stallions and they were, you know, moving on a lot of mares from, from the base up there at Bittiston on the Darling Downs. Did that play into the equation as well? Yeah, a little bit. Um, as I said, it's something I've been sort of thinking about for quite a number of years. So, um, but that definitely sort of pushed it, you know, made it happen a little bit quicker, I suppose. Um, you know, hopefully this is just just the beginning, though. Hopefully this is the start of something really big to come in the future. But, uh, you know, a rock and roll dance, he, he's definitely a proven sire. And, um, you know, his racetrack record was great. And, you know, he's the sire of a lot of good horses as well. So I think... By him coming to Queensland, a stand in Queensland is going to be a huge boost, not only for Queensland, but for um, you know for a lot of interstate people to be able to get involved in our Q-bread system. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll talk more about the stallion and his deeds in just a moment. Chantel, a question that I've got to ask you. We, we see the Turpin McMullen racing banner so often. So you're you know, going to the other side now, the breeding aspect of the industry. Is there a name, uh, a, a, a different brand for, for the stud side of the, uh, the business now? Um, yes, there is. So um, we've called our property Somerset Farms, Somerset being we're in that um, council region. So it just went with it. Um, so, yeah, we'll be um, Somerset Farms and Turpin McMullen will run out of that. Let me guess, there would have been a few arguments there about the name too between yourself and Pete. <laughs> yeah, um, we've probably been arguing it probably four months now. So um, we just agreed with that one probably only last week. All right, so you're in that Somerset region. You're based at Patrick Estate. How much land do you guys actually have up there? Uh, we have 80 acres. Okay. So there's there's ample amount of space up there then? Yeah, there is. Um, so uh, the racehorses are situated on the 40 acres and then we have um, the next block as well, which uh, will be obviously for the stallion and um, our broodmares. Okay, so will outside broodmares be able to be based at your new property or the, the Somerset Farm part of it, or is it purely just basically for the stallions? Um, we've got um, a fair few broodmares of our own um, at the moment, so um, maybe down the track we will hopefully maybe try and extend our property, but um, it's probably just that's for the stallion at the moment. Okay. Going back to the stallion, a rock and roll dance, it's a great starting point uh, for, for you guys delving into this new venture. How did it eventuate? How did a, a rock and roll dance land in your lap? Well, uh, obviously, a rock and roll dance has been very kind to our stable, being the sire of, um, obviously, Blackster Dance, Big Wheels, and uh, many others. So, you know, obviously, there, straight away, it's sort of a horse that we probably, you know, had a bit of a bit of a sort of connection to and, and a liking, I suppose. Um, and then when we sort of ventured out looking for a bit of a stallion, um, I, I think he fitted every sort of uh, box, you know, like he, he's, he, he's, he'd stopped shuttling, which um, I think was a plus for to get him, I think, as well as, um, you know, I think he's more than well credential enough to come to Queensland. So, yeah, we made some inquiries to Alabar and it all sort of ventured from there. And, um, 
yeah, moving forward, I think it's going to be the perfect horse to start this new venture. What's the process been like dealing with Alibar? No, they've been super. Um, sort of, you know, they've been really good with the whole, whole sort of, uh, whole idea of it, and, and they've been very helpful. And um, the American owners and all that's all, all worked out really well. So, um, yeah, we couldn't couldn't thank them anymore. They've they've been excellent through the whole whole way through. Am I right in saying that you guys recently went down to Alabar into Victoria, their main base, and had you know a, a thorough walkthrough not only of the property but uh, the whole the whole aspect of their business with uh, with Brett Coffee? Yes, that's correct. Um, both Chantal and I were both went down one day and spent the day at Alabar and went right through and um, yeah, you know it's a, it's a great complex and um, to be able to sort of you know see the few of the ins and outs of what happens there, it was excellent and. Um, yeah, no, can't thank them anymore. It, it's, you know, they've been excellent the whole way through. And I think, um, I really think it's going to be a, a huge start for us. Would I be right in saying that he's currently served close enough to a full book? Uh, mares are in full now. So is it close to 150 that he's served? Yeah, he, he served, um, I think, in excess of 100 mares every season since he's been here. And, um, yeah, his numbers have been pretty strong and, and stats have all been pretty good to back that up. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's got a, a terrific record. He was a wonderful racehorse. He earned over $2 million. He took a lifetime mark of 147.4. And his record at start has been uh, enormous. As you said, you've got Black Sedans in your stable. He owns the track record at Albion Park. He said that recently going 150 flat. We've got LL Cool Joe, who's going to be up against Black Sedans on Saturday night in the flashing red, also by a rock and roll dance. And then you go through them. It's not just fillies, it's Colts and Gildings as well. So he throws all types, no win, no feed, barroom banter, Tango Tara. He's likely to head up for our Winter Carnival features next month. JOK, the list goes on and on. So there's something for everyone if you're breeding to a rock and roll dance. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, his record shows, you know, not only on a racetrack, he was good from two, three, and four, um, right up until he retired. And his his progeny have been the same, you know. He's got Group One winners at, at two, three, and four. Like they just the results speak for themselves. Chantel, has a a service fee been set for the upcoming season? Um, yes, it has. It's uh, three thousand seven hundred and fifty. Okay, so it's uh, very affordable, no doubt about it. Importantly, has a rock and roll dance arrived at your farm as yet? Not as yet. Um, still got a little bit of work to do there, getting everything sort of set up, and um, we're, we're hopefully, hopefully not too long away, and he'll be here in, in the sun, Sunshine State. Okay. The night that you set that track record, Pete, with Black Sedans going 150, so would I be right in saying that negotiations were well underway that night you set that new track record? Yeah, we had, we had been in contact with Alibaba prior to that. Um, so, yeah. Hopefully that just adds a bit more to Rock and Roll Dancer's um, page, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and how do you think he's going to match up to a lot of the, the Queensland-based mares? Uh, we've got a wide array of, of mares here in the state, and uh, he's got a, a great pedigree, a son of Rock and Roll Hanover out of a Cam's Card Shark mare. So do you think he's going to be a good fit for the mares up here? Yeah, 100%. You know, he really fits all, you know, a lot of the sort of size and the damn sort of um, dams from, you know, Every sort of side of the, of the, you know, Queensland and Australia, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, I really think he's going to click with all, you know, 
majority of mayors. Okay. What sort of reaction, Chantel, do you think uh, this announcement is going to be? Uh, how how do you think it will be received by breeders, in particular here in Queensland, but also interstate, because you're keen to keep that going as well, trying to attract as many mares as possible? Yeah, we are. Um, obviously, we had that in mind. Um, a lot of people from down New South Wales come up for our winter, so um, we're hoping that they will, will see him and uh, breed their mares to him making their foals cubred. There's been whispers about, so the initial reaction from those that, you know, have heard a, a few little whispers, has it been encouraging for you guys? Yeah, I think it has. Um, we've had a, a few people already ask about service fees and we hadn't really announced it. It was just kind of word of mouth telling a few people. Um, so hopefully now that we've got it out there, um, we can get more interest and, um, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Okay, and Pete, is this the first of many? Uh, how many would you like to be standing in one one given season? I know the comedy numbers, they're up to about seven or eight now, so you get one and it quickly keeps uh, it keeps building. So is this just going to be the first of many? Uh, maybe not many, but it, it's definitely going to hopefully be the first of more to come. Um, you know, personally, I'd love to see Queensland stand, you know, have a really top-class sort of stay in standing Queensland. Um, obviously, this day and age with, you know, with freight and getting semen around the country, it's, it's very pos possible. And, you know, we've seen it years ago, like Faith left and that, and um, hopefully we can get back to that sort of them sort of days and, and, and Queensland be standing, you know, one of the top-class top stains in, in the world. And just on the logistics uh, with that side of the business, uh, getting the semen in and around the country, uh, what's the process like there? Is that really full-on? Is it involved? Yes, it's... Um, you know, obviously very full on, but um, yeah, very doable. Obviously, we're only an hour from the airport, so you know we can get them to the airport and, and get it to you know any sort of place around the around the entire Australia. Okay, it's exciting news: a rock and roll dance coming to Somerset Farm in Queensland. Yes, hopefully, uh, hopefully, it's, you know, going to be just the start of something very big and very exciting. And when is he likely to arrive, Pete? Um, no real date set as of yet. Um, you know, possibly, hopefully, uh, sometime throughout July. You've still got plenty of time before um, the, the breeding season officially starts come September 1, so there's ample time to get him up. And, and just going back to that trip that you made to Alabar, obviously you would have laid eyes on him down there. He, he is a magnificent-looking stallion. He is a big, strong horse. Yeah, he certainly is. Um, you know, he's a lovely lovely animal and lovely looking horse and and he puts that into his progeny as well um you know they're all lovely big strong horses and you know they you know i think they go out and race like that too so you know fingers crossed um that continues in, on in his progeny and he breeds uh, plenty more winners yeah absolutely so he's got the uh, the runs on the board here down under he's got the runs on the board in north america lost in time comes to mind there's a number of other nice ones and Interesting to note, a lot of his nice ones in North America coming from that Arts Place line, and there's plenty of Arts Place line mares here in Australia, in particular here in Queensland. So big news this morning, Somerset Farm will be open for business this coming breeding season, standing a rock and roll dance. And Chantel, that service fee again is? Uh, 37.50. 37.50. Is that GST inclusive? Yes. Yes. 
So there you go. $3,750 for a rock and roll dance. Busy times for you guys, and it's uh, it's going to be exciting, and it's going to be uh, chaotic at times, but I'm sure you guys are up for the challenge, and uh, this is a, a big step forward. So really appreciate the time, really appreciate the announcement this morning, and best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Three quarters and 121 and two. A rock and roll dance is two lengths clear at the top of the stretch. A rock and roll dance leads the way with an eighth of a mile to go. All-star legend racing in second. Aston Blue Chip is coming with a wide rally on the outside. A 16th out. A rock and roll dance leads it. All-star legend. Aston Blue Chip. Pat Rock. A rock and roll dance is going to win it. Get it, Kingra. A rock and roll dance. 148 and one in the Meadowlands pace. There you go. Rock and roll dance. That's certainly big news, Chris, and a massive boost to the Queensland breeding industry. And I'm sure uh, Darren Clayton, who's about to join us, would concur there with all your comments. And he's with us now. Darren, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. That's that's very big news. And uh, hadn't even heard any sort of whisper about that. So that's uh, that's a great coup to get that news that he's coming there. Interesting, that race you just played the replay of, a couple of well-credentialed yeah. sires in the, in the, down the line there. There was um, Pet Rock and Heston Blue Chip in the Beaten Brigade in that Meadowlands pace. Yeah, and great call as well, as per normal, by the late, great Sam McKee, one of the, I think, in my opinion, that the greatest ever harness racing broadcaster of all time, a guy that was just an absolute legend. So, a rock and roll dance standing here in Queensland this coming season. Cobbity uh, Equine last week just announcing that Bling It On is going to be standing here. Burwood Stud. They've got changeover. They've got Franco Nelson and Trump Bloodstock also have Dance and Lou standing. So there's plenty of options for the uh, the Queensland breeders, the local breeders. And uh, as everyone keeps saying, that Q-bred maturity scheme is the best in the world. So it pays to be Q-bred. And there's even more reason now to be Q-bred with the, uh, the, the vast array of stallions that are available this coming breeding season. We're not racing tonight, Darren, so it's a little bit different for you on a Wednesday night. You probably woke up this morning and thought, what am I going to do tonight? There's no races to look at. Uh, you've still got plenty of form to uh, to comb through. We've got plenty of racing coming up. Marburg tomorrow, Albion Park Friday night, and we've got the Group 3 feature on Saturday night. The flashing red named in honour of one of the greatest stayers of the modern era, dual New Zealand Cup winner. We saw a track record last week in the final lead-up to the flashing red this Saturday night, Max Shard. What were your thoughts or takeaways from that race last week? Uh, super performance, first and foremost, from Max Shard. He, he came from a long way back, but equally, equally as impressive was some of those horses that made their run with him. Um, he got he got a nice trail up into the race um, back there. Colt 31 was probably the first one to come out, and um, LL Cool J was there and then Max Shard was sort of wider and then Black Dance even wider again swing for home so um, all all three of those were, were good. I thought Aphorism was really good as well in his run. That was his first uh, attempt at uh, open company uh, in a feature race so to speak and uh, he had to uh, um, start off the 10 metres which I thought was a little bit uh, uh, well, I wouldn't have thought he'd start off 10 metres with his first go there, but uh, he really performed well, only beaten three and a bit metres. Sectionally out of the race, um, those ones that I mentioned, Max Shard, LL Cool J, Blacks of Dance, they all broke 55 seconds their last 800. Max Shard, of course, be the quickest of those winning the race, but... Uh, 
Black Sedans, he had the fastest last 400, and he was the widest on the track. So it was a, a really impressive uh, performance from him, especially from a horse that we don't really consider to be a, a long-distance horse. He's, we've seen, I know most of our races are at the mile, but the fact that he is the mile track record holder and, uh, and then to be doing that was a really good effort. By the same token, Max Shard went sub sub 50 at Wagga a few starts back so he's certainly versatile in his own right but um, I thought I think those top four across the line were really good the other one that I thought uh, just looking forward uh, into the carnival from a carnival perspective was the run of the Mustang um, he had to sit parked in the race that was his first attempt at a standing start race he sat parked only beaten eight meters on the line it's only the second time in a race he's ever sat parked and he's had 60-odd career starts. And to only be beaten that far in open company, we look at his uh, sort of Queensland rating, he's still only a band five horse. So um, he might just be the one to follow out of the race just for future reference in, in some easier races. Mm, it'll be interesting to see if he heads towards the Reckless Cup, the, uh, the Mustang. There's, there's whispers about uh, there, there, there could be a sale forthcoming. Well, yeah, if, if that's the case, it would certainly be his opportunity there because you'd expect him to get the front line just with his uh, with his rating. And like I said, he was only beaten 8.9 metres officially. He was he was in for the fight. So it was a pretty good effort by the Mustang. Of course, he's a son of changeover. Indeed he is. So that was last week, that lead-up. Uh, the top four, all really good. And there were a few other runners that were solid in behind. We've got fresh blood coming into the flashing red this week. Turn It Up is obviously one of those key players. Deus Ex being another. And Northview Hustler. We didn't see that trio last week. They line up this Saturday night. And it certainly uh, muddies the water because uh, just when you think you're getting your head around last week, you put these three horses into the mix and... Uh, it's it's not easy to sort them out. It's certainly not. And again, we've got nearly a, a full front line, so that sort of puts them right across the track from sort of the inside lane out to to position seven. And then you've got Northview Hustler, who is proven as a really good stand start horse, and he draws the inside lane off the ten metres. So he's going to be the one that will have to negotiate a little bit of traffic early. Um, LL Cool J to his outside likes to dance. Colt 31, Deus X and Aphorism, all the other 10-metre line runners turn it up and Max Shard off the back marks of 20. So Max Shard stays on the 20, the same as what he was in last week. Again, gets the same same distance as we went over in that open class feature last week. Um, if he gets the same card into the race, he's going to certainly be hard to beat once again just with that uh, finishing burst he was able to put on. Um, turn it up. I've really liked how he's been going, driven with that one cold sit on them. So if he is anywhere near them, uh, getting a nice cut into it, he's certainly going to be right in the mix as well. And uh, LL Kuldra, I thought his run was really good. He's certainly been uh, a lot better in recent starts. So um, he's starting to come good at the right time. And this is certainly a race off the 10 metres where he could feature. So... Um, Colt 31 just probably a little peaked a little bit in the straight last week. Sort of the way he loomed up, he sort of led that three-wide um, train, sort of carted a few of those others up into it, just faded a little bit in the closing stages. If he can get away without having to do that this week, um, you know, he might be one to be able to sort of turn it around. But 
early indications, I think, that the two backmarkers turn it up and Max Shard, if they're within striking distance, they're certainly going to be hard to hold out. Okay, so leaning towards uh, those off the 20 metres, turn it up and Max Shard. So that's this Saturday night, the Group 3 flashing red. We'll talk more about that race on Friday and we'll be able to pin Darren down with a, a firm opinion on who he's going to uh, select there. Also last Saturday night, uh, Darren, we saw the uh, return to racing of Jillaby Kung Fu. Uh, as we know, he's a, an outstanding pace, a Group 1 Chariots of Fire winner, a runner-up in the fastest of a Miracle Mile, chasing home Myfield Marshall when he was second in 46.9. He's been off the scene for some time. He's now under the care of Coverty Equine, Luke and Belinda McCarthy, and he made a stunning return, 53.5. He was very well placed. They, they did extremely well to find a race uh, like that for Jillaby Kung Fu, but you've still got to go out and perform. He did that. 26-6 first quarter, home in 27-1. Uh, he's hoping that uh, uh, he's got a big campaign in front of him because that was really exciting. Yeah, well, that's effectively only his second start in, in over four years. So to be able to do that, that's that's pretty impressive. And uh, he's an eight-year-old now. Like you said, they've done well to find that race for him. Another thing that I guess uh, coming up to Queensland might just sort of help as he moves towards the Winter Carnival. Hopefully, fingers crossed, he stays sound and there's no issues there. Well, um, the fact that under our uh, Queensland Saturday night system, he's a band four, so there's plenty of wiggle room there to find some nice races between now and the Carnival kicking off and, and get some runs and, I guess, for want of a better term, get some easy kills under his belt and really get that confidence sky high. The three-year-old race last week, that was uh, one of the, uh, the the big attractions on that program. It was an outstanding lineup. Uh, seven horses went to the post, all outstanding times in their own uh, right. 52-9, the winning time. Danger Zone able to lead all of the way. Uh, the runner-up behind Speak the Truth in the Breeders' Classic the week before. So he was able to turn the tables there on Speak the Truth there last Saturday night. Break this race down for me. Uh, how, how do you see the derby going forward? And uh, also... How do you think uh, Soho Rhapsody performed? Uh, she was the only filly up, up against the boys there last week. She's here for the Oaks as well. So give us a, uh, a pass mark or, or a rating on all of these guys. Yeah, well, I thought working sort of inside out, Mr. Ibiza, he was, um, he sort of didn't really handle the track or just sort of never looked comfortable. He was a bit sketchy in the score up and then again in the run. So, um, uh, he started favourite. I thought that was perhaps maybe just more off the, the McCarthy factor than what we'd actually seen of him in his uh, New Zealand performances. Danger Zone, really good. Uh, got to the front, really franked that effort in the Breeders' Classic where he worked home off the speed, was really strong his last sort of 150 metres. So a really good effort from Danger Zone. Take nothing away from Speak the Truth. He had to do it hard this time around. He's been able to get away with uh, getting to the front in a few of his races, but... Uh, he didn't shirk the task. He was only beaten 1.4 metres officially, so he's right there. We always have faith, probably a little bit of a step up um, off what we've seen so far in Queensland from him. He hit the line nicely. Um, Teddy Disco, um, just he got shuffled away, and then with Mr. Ibiza in front of him, not really um, going sort of too well, just sort of perhaps had a little bit of an impact on him. And Soho Rhapsody, I thought she was okay. Um, they've come home in 26-8 the last 400, so anything back in the pack was always going to be struggling, and she was at the rear end on the outside. So um, 
I think for a first up effort from her in Queensland, um, definitely a pass mark looking forward, um, especially if you go back sort of through her form and, and we line that up from that race um, yesterday where Come Say High was out of. So Soho Rhapsody uh, beat Come Say High in the gold bracelet final um, a few runs back in Bathurst. So, um, yeah, Soho Rhapsody, definitely a pass mark and, and be keen to see her against her own sex. Yeah, well, she finds a, a nice race on Saturday night for Ricky Elgin. And I'm led to believe her sectionals were the best out of that race last week, although she finished out the rear of the field. So that was last Saturday night. Uh, Steve replayed Cover Girl winning first up yesterday. This is a horse that Soho Rhapsody is going to come up against sooner rather than later. What were your thoughts on Cover Girl yesterday? Yeah, I thought Cover Girl was really good. I thought um, just was able to pretty much just do what uh, Luke McCarthy asked of her. He didn't ask sort of a great deal from her, but what she did was really good and really impressive in in scoring that win. He didn't risk the pocket early. He was he was off the fence very uh, soon after the start and into the running line. So um, yeah, she was able to to do it pretty impressively. I thought there was. Um, Times weren't flash, uh, you know, over the 2100, but she did what she had to. They were home in uh, 57.9 and 29, and but she did it easily, never really asked for much over those closing stages, beaten, uh, was able to win by about three lengths, about there, nine metres thereabouts, I would suggest it would have been. Okay. From the trials yesterday, a couple of key performers there. Captain Crusader was able to win a stand-start trial, uh, Tardelli, the last uh, Group 1 uh, Gold Crown winner, he was able to win his trial. And Gerada's Delight, the Group 1 Golden Girl winner from last year, that was her second trial back. Uh, any thoughts on their trials yesterday? Yeah, I like Gerada's Delight trial, Chris. She's not a mare that normally sits parked. She had to sit parked in that trial and, and dug in for the fight. Um, she was able to win it. It was a really good effort, I thought. Um, Captain Crusader, I really liked this guy. I liked him last year when he was up here for his three-year-old campaign, run a couple of really nice races, um, placed in a, in the derby, and, and he looks to have come back again. He's always up against the, the good guys and uh, or the, the better ones, and he was safely away from the tapes and, and straight to the front. Um, he really closed out hard, 26-6 his last 400, and another statement who had to sit on him right throughout, um, he just left him behind in the stretch. Tardelli took about 300 metres to find the front. Um, I thought he was perhaps having a good bit of a look about. It looked like Ricky Alchin was just trying to keep his mind on the job a little bit. Um, 55-7-27-3, his closing half and 400. Uh, his main target is the Redcliffe sales race in a couple of weeks' time. Um, just with He was pretty wide... As they swung for home, he was a long way off the pegs. I don't know whether he was just allowed to to just ease up the track as he liked or whether he was just sort of hanging out a little bit. I'm not really sure there. But uh, if it was a, a hanging issue, well, um, there might be a little bit of a concern heading to Redcliffe. But uh, his time, 55-7-27-3, the closing splits, I'd be not too concerned there. And just another one from the trials, Chris. Delightful dude this morning down at Menangle. Um we saw him in both derbies up here last year. Um, he's been in the turrets five since. He defeated I Cast No Shadow, who could also be up, possibly headed this way. Um, he won that trial home in 26-8, the last 400. Okay. Um, just on Gerada's Delight, um, she had those couple of starts in Sydney at Menangle earlier in the year. 
things didn't go to play down there and she's back home. But if they can take anything away from that Sydney trip, maybe it was the, the style of racing there. She looks like she's generated more gate speed. She left the gate really well yesterday, which is a, a key thing here in Queensland. So well, that was just one takeaway from that trial yesterday. So hopefully uh, she's ready to go now and we'll see her back at the track and hopefully she can defend her Group 1 Golden Girl. The, uh, the Jack Butler stable have got a nice little one-two combo there with uh, Gerard's Delight and Danger Zone over the coming weeks. Uh, just looking at Melton on Saturday night, uh, Darren, key program from a Queensland Carnival viewpoint. Better Isolate steps out in race number one. He's chasing four in a row, and Connections have made it clear they're keen to get a start in the Rising Sun. Rock and Roll Do, speaking of the uh, Rising Sun, he resumes. He's had a number of nice trials and lead up for his return to racing. So Mick Stanley prepares this guy. They're keen to secure a spot in the Rising Sun as well. We spoke with Andy Gaff yesterday. Uh, Tango Tara, who's likely to be the travelling companion for his star, Trotter Majestuoso, he returns to racing in, in a free-for-all there. Uh, that's race number seven. And Majestuoso, as Andy outlined, was always going to draw uh, the second row, and he's come up with gate nine. So two off the second row in the uh, Group 3 Lennon Trotter's free-for-all. So a couple of interesting runners, just if you're looking ahead and looking at those futures markets for a, a couple of our features. Yeah, certainly. It's a, it's a really good card there and better isolate. He, he faces a tough gate out in gate seven, but he couldn't have been any more impressive in what he has done since resuming his three for three this campaign. And it looks like he'll just add another one there just um, despite the, the bad gate. So he's certainly one that's putting his best foot forward uh, heading towards the carnival uh, interesting runner there also on Saturday night, Pat's Beach Storm. He was uh, one of the first invited last year to the Rising Sun. He resumes off a spell, Chris, so um be interesting to see where he's at. So um, I doubt whether we'd see him this time around in Queensland just on his way back. And the other one I did mention, um, I heard you mention the other day, and then unfortunately I read some news last night, uh, better twist, they've retired. We were hopeful that yeah. she might have been making a, a, a hit-and-run mission. Well, she's a very valuable mare, uh, not only with her own deeds on the track, multiple Group 1 winner, but the fact that she's a half-sister by Better's Delight to King of Swing. So um, it, it, it's mind-boggling to think what her progeny is going to uh, sell for uh, in time to come. But, uh, yeah, I was disappointed with that news because I thought she might have had that same sort of profile as Amazing Dream and tackle those features up there. Um, but uh, obviously they've made the decision to retire her. Just on uh, that horse that you mentioned, uh, Pat's Beachstorm, he tried last week at Shepparton and beat Bonsell Benjamin, among others. So he's obviously uh, pretty close to the mark. Uh, also, just speaking of the mares, and I know Steve's a big fan of Amazing Dream. Uh, she's now up in North America. This has got a Queensland link to it. The, the, the Betsy Ross, this is a race worth $100,000 at uh, Harris Chester up there in Philadelphia. Uh, Mallorca, who was raced by Greg Mitchell and trained and driven by Grant Dixon, she created a huge impression uh, during her time in Brisbane, she was sold to North American interest and she was able to claim that feature. She turned over Amazing Dream. So it's amazing how it all turns out. But uh, Mallorca able to claim a big mare's feature up there and uh, they're just coming into their summer now. So there's a lot more features to come, but she looks like she's adapted really well and she's she's going to be a big force up there in those open mare's features. And she was, a, she was a super horse when she was here in Brisbane. I think she won eight of her 10. And I guess you look at form references, well... 
that new race we had last year, the peak of the creek, we saw um, Uncle Shank win on Saturday night. He was the winner in that race. And we see Miorca, she was runner-up in that race. She wins in, in America. So um, Brisbane, Albion Park forms going global. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Darren, really appreciate the chat this morning. We'll chat again on Friday when we do all the form for Saturday night's Group 3 Flashing Red program. No problems. Thanks, Chris.